Okay, so, well, folks, good morning again, and uh, let's kick off. Going to speak for a wee while and uh, hopefully leave time for some ministry and then some treats. Uh, folks, yes, this is a shirt. Yeah, this is it. This, this was one of two shirts, by the way, <laughs> in my wardrobe. I've got a third shirt. I went out shopping uh, about a month ago and I bought a shirt and a pair of shoes, as I'm also um, displaying this morning. And it uh, cost like 70 quid. I was like, what? That's why I don't go shopping. So, uh, yes, many of you, thank you, thank you. That's no, not that exciting. And uh, even, even one of my kids said to me, Daddy, why are you so smart this morning? I said, well, the reason is it's Father's Day. Isn't that right? So I kind of thought I'd make an effort. And uh, so happy Father's Day if you're a daddy here this morning. And uh, we celebrate you and we champion you and we say job well done and keep going. Kids are a, are a gift to us from the Lord and we, we don't take that lightly. And uh, we are incredibly grateful those who are um, blessed enough to have children of our own. And uh, we champion you this morning. And I want to just pray for us, if that's okay. So uh, why don't we, we you know, if you're a daddy, why don't you just quickly stand? Just stand if you have little ones. And it doesn't matter what age the little ones are. They could be big ones. But um, let's just do that. God, thank you. Thank you for the gift of fatherhood. And thank you for these uh, men who stand uh, this morning here in this room. We thank you what you have entrusted us to. And God, we pray that you would equip us with every good and perfect gift that comes from our Heavenly Father. And just fill us, Lord. Give us what we need for the journey. Let's grab a seat. Um, just as we as we do that, just want to um, just want to very briefly mention this. It's something that's been on our hearts, and it's been something that God has been revealing to us and speaking to us as as leaders. Is this is to really champion marriage? It's it's of course of course we would do that. Of course it's at the very heart of God. Of course, and and just simply to say that God just loves us to be married and to stay married and as I say that knowing that marriage isn't always easy okay and and to say again if there's difficulty in marriage uh, more than just the the regular kind of disagreements it is to seek the heart of the father but also to seek counsel of others in your family and I mean church family here, or wider family, if that helps. But to do that, and to be courageous enough to reach out um, in that way. Divorce, folks, is, uh, is a last resort. It's not where you want to go um, if that's uh, the case. And we want to champion that, and we know that the enemy would seek to rob, kill, and destroy, and marriage is one of the key areas where 
he loves to do that. So um, just wanted to mention that. That's a side issue, uh, but there it is. This morning, what we want to talk about is knowing God as Father. So in this Father's Day, it kind of seems apt to do that. And uh, in order to do that, we need to start with the Son. So uh, John 14, if you have a Bible, or if not, I'm hoping the words will appear. Uh, We're in John 14, and we've just a few verses starting at verse 5. Jesus is the way to the Father. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going. So how can we know the way? The, the, the passage just before, the first four verses that precedes this is when Jesus says, I'm going. I'm going to be with the Father. And he talks about, my Father has many rooms and, and I'm going there to prepare a place for you. It's often the passage of scripture that sometimes gets read at funerals. This, this place, this place to go to be with the Father forever. And he's kind of preparing the lads. He's preparing the disciples saying, guys, I'm going back. I'm going back to where I came from. I'm going back to be with the Father. And so Thomas says this. He says, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? How are we going to get there? And Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do, n- I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. How many times have you seen a child um, who looks like their father or their mother how many times have you seen a child's behavior and you you go that's just like their dad that's just like your mother how many times you we we smile we laugh we joke because we see it we see it physically and we see the behavior literally don't we we see it all around and we have phrases uh like this like father like son uh, a chip off the old block or they're the spit of their father. And we use these uh, kind of one-liners to kind of describe exactly that. A child is a reflection of their parents. Not always, not fully. There is an ability, thank the Lord Jesus, there is the ability to change and to be different both positively and negatively. But Jesus is nearing the end of his time with his disciples. He spent three and a half years ministering Three and a half years just walking the length and the breadth of Israel, teaching about the kingdom, demonstrating through signs and wonders about the kingdom. And he's preparing to go to the cross and he's preparing his disciples and he's clarifying his very reason for being there. And there were many reasons obviously for being there. But one of the things that he is doing here in this passage is he's saying, I have come to reveal the Father to you. I have come to show you what he is like. 
Thomas asks, where are you going? How do you know the way? Jesus replies, I am the way. No one comes to the Father except through the Son. And it's through the Son, isn't it, that we get taken by the hand and introduced to the Father. In the Old Testament, it wasn't that way. It wasn't that way. It wasn't possible. But through the sacrifice, through the cross of Jesus, through salvation that we have in him, he is the way to the Father. But there's a deeper meaning and there's more to come in what he says. He says in verse 7, if you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Jesus has come and he's revealed the personality, what God the Father is like to us. You look at your own children, bless my own. I see them looking like me. I see certain things that they do and certain phrases that they say, and it's such like me, good and bad. Jesus was a chip off the old block, wasn't he? It's just like the Father. And so this morning, as we're talking about the fatherhood of God, I want us to think, and I want us to imagine, I want us to look at the Son, look at the person of Jesus, because the person of Jesus reveals the heart of the Father to us. Philip says, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. And Jesus uh, has just said, if you know me, you know my Father. But Philip is saying, we want to see the Father. We want to see the Father. And Jesus responds, I think possibly exasperated. We don't know this, right? We love it when, we, when you read the Bible, you kind of read it in the context in which it was kind of written. But sometimes... I'm ad-libbing a wee bit here. You, you can almost sense the exasperation. It might have read something like this. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been a, around you for such a long time, do you still don't know who I am? Anyone who's seen me has seen the Father. Phil, mate. Not him. Philip, how can you say Show us the Father. I have been the direct representation all of this time. If we want to know the Father, we need to see the Son. And this was a radical shift for a first century Jew. This was a big change in their thinking and their understanding of what God was like. You see, the Jews understood God as creator from Genesis 1. They understood the God of, of transcendence, which is a, a fancy word meaning his power is so utterly awesome. A God who was very distant, a God who was very powerful, and a God that we would only but tremble before him. That was the God that those first century Jews knew about. It was what was taught to them. It was the way that they behaved, and it was the way that they would approach relationship with God. And yet it is not a complete revelation. It is not a complete understanding of who God really is. And this morning we want to unpack, we want to understand, and we want to appreciate and come into relationship with the Father that has great affections for his children. A Father who is tender-hearted towards us, his people. This way of thinking was, was different to a Jew. I can imagine the disciples thinking, we've understood and we've known this image of God, distant, powerful, and awesome. But you, Jesus, you're near. 
and you're approachable and you're affectionate and you're incredibly attractional. Jesus, the people just wanted to be with Jesus, didn't they? The crowds that were drawn to him. They were drawn to him because of the presence that he carried. They were drawn to him because he was compassionate, because he was kind. And so many of the miracles that he performed were so incredibly pastoral. They were so loving and gracious and kind. He set people free and he spoke into situations where the religious people had just placed burden upon burden upon people. And Jesus had come to say, it doesn't have to be that way. Come to me. Come to me come to me and it's this wooing it's this invitation and he does it to us this morning he does it wherever we are at this morning he is simply inviting us into relationship he's saying come to me come come it's an invitation and we as his children have the ability to respond and say yes I dare to believe I choose I have courage to come before God to have my needs met the very core needs of who I really am can only be met in relationship with the Father. And so Jesus is saying, guys, as attractional as I am, my miracles are amazing. He doesn't say this. Look to the Father because the Father is like me and I am like him. Now that's all very well for them. But what about us today? Because Jesus isn't here, really. We have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit takes up that which Jesus had started and where Jesus had left off, really. And uh, Paul, as he writes to the Romans, writes this fantastic uh, verse, uh, which we would do well to know and to meditate on, to understand, but not only to understand, but also to practice. It's in Romans 8, verse 15 says this, the spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. If you're a Christian here this morning, the Holy Spirit lives in you. And that Holy Spirit does not make you a slave to fear. That Holy Spirit invites you into this relationship as adoption of sons, of sonship. That we get to be part of God's family with God our Father as our Father. And we get to call him Abba Father. The word Abba was a term which would have been known by first century Jews. And it's the same term translated today, meaning Papa. Papa. Any granders here get called Papa? I kind of decided last night, if I get to that age, <laughs> and if any of my offspring have offspring, I kind of quite like that. I think that's quite cool. <laughs> I just thought of Papa's kebab. It's hardly the same, is it? But Papa, at first reading, you read that and you think, goodness, God, you can't call God Almighty. Papa, can you? Yes, you can. Papa 
is an affectionate term. It's not an irreverent term. And for me, as I say that word, it, for me it conjures up an image of, of a father with a son or a daughter in that closeness, in that intimacy of being surrounded by your arms. Those of you who are parents, there's, it's one of the best things being a parent is having your child in your arms, isn't it? I, I, I know it is for little kids as ours still are and getting bigger. My guess is it is for grown-up ones, is it? I'm looking at those. Uh, is it still good for the grown-up ones to get around your big grown-up ones? Yeah. It's, no, it's just such a beautiful, safe place. It's the bestest place. Um, Chantelle's been away the last day with our Sam, and, and I've just gotten better time or more time with our other two. And just those close, intimate times that you have with, with your kids, we hope sitting on my lap or right beside you, you just say, oh, that's amazing. I'm using all this. This is imagery, right? But it's what God, our Father, longs to do with us, his children. And it's an invitation to us. Will we respond? Will we come near to him in that way? And will we allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to us the Father? Because that's what the Holy Spirit does. That's his deal in the Trinity. He reveals the Son and he reveals the Father uh, to us. So this morning as we worship him, um, as we worship, yes, we come before him singing holy, holy, holy. We come to you with reverency and awe and power. But we also come before you saying, you're a good, good father. That's who you are. That's who I am. That's it. We get to do both in our worship and we get to come before him in those ways. Um, many of you have heard of a, a worship leader, songwriter called Matt Redman. Many years ago, he wrote a song called The Friendship and the Fear. And uh, he entitled the whole album that as well. And he wrote this song based upon Psalm 25 verse 14. It says, the Lord confides in those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. And in the message it says, God friendship is for God worshippers. They are the ones he confides in. And uh, some, some verses, words from his song. I'm longing to discover both, both. There's two things here. The closeness and the awe. To feel the nearness of his whisper, but to hear the glory of your roar. It's the friendship and the fear. And so <clears throat> it's this understanding of God the Father that there's a, whilst we come in terms of this reverency and awe, there's a fear, but it's a holy fear because he's so holy. But there's also this friendship that he beckons us and invites us into as well. The Holy Spirit is revealing the heart of the Father to us this morning. I hope that, uh, that we gather that. I want to finish with one aspect of God the Father. That God the Father does for his children. And that's that he provides for us. In Matthew 6, 25 says, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or you drink, about your body, what you'll wear, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air, 
They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? And then in chapter 7 of Matthew, it says, Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Those of you who are parents, especially grandparents, you're worse. You love to give good gifts to your children. You love to lavish that upon them. How much more does our Heavenly Father want to give us? And it's not just material stuff, but give us what we need to those who ask Him. I want to pray, and uh, then Phil's going to come and lead us again in a minute. And then we might pray some more. We'll see. We've got loads of time, which is great. But I want to ask you just a couple of questions. And the first one is this. What, what is it? Just close your eyes, if you want to. And if this helps, um, if this helps as we do this, picture uh, your father, if, it's a, if he's a good one or was a good one. And if it helps to think of, uh, if that's painful for you, um, just allow God to reveal to you someone else um, who has been a father to you, a spiritual father maybe, or someone else that really has invested well in you, or allow God to reveal to you just someone else who you just think is, just emanates fatherhood, loving, acceptance, protecting, giving, caring, kind, approachable, fair, safe, around and present, there for you. And that's just the taster of what our Father, our Heavenly Father is like. Now what would you ask of Him? If there was one thing that you could ask of him, what would that one thing be? And just in this moment, just go ahead and ask it. Just ask it of him. God, we ask you for we pray that you'd hear our prayers 
and we wait with eager anticipation. You're a good, good father. Amen. Let's stand together, please.